Welcome to season two of the Melrose Place cast. I'm Mary, and I'm here to convince my friend Teach that Melrose Place is a trashy, trashy soap opera, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, I'm Teach. I'm here to convince my good friend Mary that this show counts as high art for the generations, a time capsule into the future, and the future is now. The future is indeed now. And you know what's great is this is not a recap podcast because we're too busy having all these intellectual debates. Yes, we highly recommend that you pair us with your rewatch of Melrose Place. It will um, enhance the artistic integrity of the show. Mm, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, I can't believe we've made it to season two already. How far along are we in the grand scheme of things? Uh, we're about uh, 11%. That seems lower than I would like. Well, there's the seven seasons, plus the reboot season. Oh, God. Uh, this season had the lowest number of episodes. I guess that's forward to. And we only had five special episodes in season one, so season two is going to get longer. Oh, boy. Buckle up. Aloha, and welcome to the Melrose Placecast. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 17, Michael's Game. I'm Mary. And I am Teej. Aloha, Teej. No, no, we're not doing that. So our trip to Hawaii will be as short as Jake's? Did they ever make it to Hawaii? I have uh, three quotes that I think capture this as high art for the generations worthy of literary praise. Oh, wow. What a twist. First. Quote, are you ready, Mary? I'm, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. So you got to put yourself in the mindset of like Dickens or Twain or um, that candy ass Emily Dickinson. <laughs> and look, do I feel bad that people who skipped season one don't understand that joke? Nope. No, you got to do the work. You do gotta... the work. And we're here to help you. Just listen. Just listen. Go back. Now, will we go back to tell you exactly what episode to go to? No, no. No, you can Google it. Yeah, we did it once. Or ask Jeeves. Okay, but <clears throat> here, here's the literary quote. All right. I cheat with doctors, not whores. <laughs> Very literary. Very. Yeah. Followed by, when you've lost your freedom for a couple years, dot, dot, dot. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then lastly, and this was tough to choose from, you're overworked and overstressed. Oh, if that isn't just the American way. Oh, oh I accept your concession. All right, we're done here. I'll, I'm going to go ask Jeeves some other things. And uh... <laughs> I would like to start by talking about <laughs> Joe and Reed, however. Oh, good, because I don't talk about them at all. Are you Really? There's only three storylines. I know. There's other ones. I'll be quick here. Um, so if you remember, Joe went to our high school reunion in San Francisco, despite being established as having been from New York. Although Mary yep. and I disagreed on that. We disagreed. I, I mean, I guess. I'm still a little confused why her reunion was in San Francisco, and I don't feel they ever explained it, but okay. That's where she went to high school. Anyway, um, but she's Reed, is now, Reed is now sleeping on the couch and mm -hmm. makes it very clear he wants to be in a relationship with Joe now. And Joe's throwing up flags like, whoa, let's slow down. We're friends. Last weekend was great, which I, pre I presume to mean they slept together. But then later, that didn't seem to be the case. No. Joe comes into her apartment at some point 
And she opens the door and Reed cocks the gun, points it at her, and tells her to put the bags down slowly and come inside. Yeah, that was real uncomfortable. Danger. You in danger, yeah. girl. <laughs> and anyway, it turns out he was joking and just found the gun while he was digging through her gun things. <laughs> Later, Reed's down at the marina and calls Joe and sets up a date, wants to take her out for a nice dinner. She comes down and he says... Uh, let's go on this boat. And he acts like he picked one randomly, but it turns out, and she's going to walk away because she doesn't want to break into a boat. And he says, I'm just kidding. I got a job here. I'm the pretty lady. And she doesn't really believe him until he shows that no, at the back of the pretty lady, he had set up a candlelight dinner. And she said, he was a jerk, but don't you ever lie to me again. And I was like, was the storyline or was the story writing so elementary back then that I just missed it because this is just screaming out about what's to come with Reed <laughs> yeah he's pretty obviously creepy he's uh yeah T-R-O-U-B-L-E can you, can you do that slower for me nope <laughs> he's trouble oh, but trouble anyway uh, they have their romantic dinner on the boat we wake up and just from the side of the bed I will say again saying this is just moving so fast for me <laughs> that was Joe, oh go ahead Joe has now met uh, the the standard set by Michael and Jane for the number of characters she slept with <laughs> uh, okay and, and anyway she tells Reed that's not what I had in mind when, when I said go slow and Reed was like, well, I wanted to fuck you 10 years ago, so here we are. <laughs> but they just it's established their new relationship because Reed says, when you've lost your freedom for a couple of years, you get the urge to just cut through your fears and go for what you got. So tell me anything you want, but don't tell me to wait. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the high art point of the generations is the when you've lost your freedom for a couple of years. <laughs> And I think, Mary, what we're channeling here is it is a it's it's really a coming of age story. Mm, okay. Yeah. It's about when you break out on your own and when you get out of the the prison of your parents' home and kind of make your way into the world. You can do anything. You can go anywhere. Some of us end up in Montana. We all make choices. But you get to break out and have your freedom finally. That's what Reed is channeling. It's not about crime. It's not about criminality. <laughs> it's about independence. It's about America. And it's about, I can go out whenever I want. Unless you're married. <laughs> I forgot that the boat is named the Pretty Lady, which is one of the dumbest names I've ever heard. It makes me laugh every time someone says it. Uh, wow. Um, I don't know that I'm fully on board with your uh, qualification of why that's higher for the generations. Well, I, are you at least on deck? Oh, that's a boat reference, isn't it? Uh-huh. Uh, my favorite part of this whole little storyline uh, was the moment when they wake up in bed together the morning after on the boat. Because the look on Joe's face... Uh, it is the most delightfully little overacted moment of like, oh shit, what did I do? Like her face is all twisted up, like oopsie. It was very funny. Uh, but yeah, this whole storyline 
I think even if I hadn't seen it before and I didn't know where it was going, it makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like the moment with the gun out and I don't like him having just shown up in LA unannounced. I don't like that he's staying with her. I don't like that they're hooking up. It's just bad news. Bad news. He, he Okay, but he's the high school boyfriend. Like, kind of... Yeah, no, this is what makes it the coming of age, right? Like, we're going back 10 years when Joe, who I believe was previously established as 25, is now 28. And she's kind of reliving that stage of life. And now together, they're breaking out on their own. She's free from Jake again, who, if you remember last week, was she was very broken up about. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. Huh. It's almost like the writers didn't have a grand plan in mind. <laughs> you think? You think they're bouncing around a little for week to week? Just yeah. a smidgy widgy. Smidgy widgy. Yeah, it's a little. It's a little. There's. I feel like there's a lot packed into a couple of the storylines, and then there's almost nothing in some of the others happening. And maybe it's always like this, but I don't know. Yeah, it's a well, little joint dinner. Well, yeah, they're laying the groundwork, right? So this is very similar to how I remember storylines operating in the World Wrestling Federation, which I understand may not be making the high art points I wish it to be. But, <laughs> you know, there, there's a, a storyline at its crescendo that people are, are tuning in for. And while they're tuning in to see how, what's happening there, they've got these new things that are bubbling up, which will become the main storylines later. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So they got to they gotta drop it in a little bit. Figure out who the hell Reed is and why he's why he's just reading so dangerously. He's a bad boy, Mary. And you know girls, you know ladies, they love bad boys. Yeah, we can't get enough of those bad boys. <laughs> well, that was my first attempt. Admittedly, my weakest attempt. Uh, I cheat with doctors, not whores, is a better attempt I have. That sounds like a richer vein. Uh, yeah, I look forward to them uh, to carry your wrestling metaphor on. They're setting up the harpoon match for later. And I do look forward to that. <laughs> uh, well, may I, may I treat you to um, some trashy soap opera information? Oh, I wish you would. That's really all I need. Oh, good. Okay. I called this one, Amanda treats Jake to a round trip plane ride to Hawaii. <laughs> this one, I can't... <laughs> You make it sound so mean. It's, it's, oh God, this is, I forgot about this and it makes me very happy. Uh, I will be coming back to talk about more Amanda in a later point. So this, for this, I'm just going to talk about the particulars of this uh, event. So uh, there's some stuff that's transpired. Um, Amanda has been basically sent home from work to take some personal time because of issues with daddy uh, that you may recall from last week. Daddy is on the lam now because the FBI caught him doing his uh, fraud things. He confessed to Amanda that he did it last week and now he's gone and she doesn't know where he is. And so early in this episode, we see her getting questioned at work by detectives. I wasn't sure if they were police or FBI, but anyway, they're law enforcement. It happened at work. So people kind of know what's going on. So the new guy who we've never seen before, but apparently has always been there, Bruce, who is one of the bosses. Bruce is like, Amanda, like, you need to chill out, take a couple days off, take some personal time. Like, to me, it seemed like he wasn't doing it in a threatening way, but she was taking it hard because it's Amanda. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and we, we're in Jake's apartment and Jake is sitting on his couch drinking a beer watching TV like all the time like he always does and the door just opens and Amanda lets herself in and he's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes haven't you ever heard of knocking and she dangles her big set of landlord keys and she's like I thought if I got lucky I might surprise you in the shower which okay. yeah yeah again last time we saw them was last week when she had evicted him and put all his stuff out in the courtyard but then let him back in so he could fix the plumbing in her apartment Um, ladies as far as we know they are not back together from what i remember so jake no they're not they're not most definitely not definitely not so jake is uh confused and he's like one minute you want to evict me and the next you want to and practically rape me she said yeah amanda cuts him off and says that which is problematic it's very (laughs) uh not okay even in the 90s i feel like this people would have not they should have known better than to talk about this uh, she goes on, well, call me unpredictable. And she puts <laughs> she comes up on the couch. And so now they're sitting next to each other. And she gets, she's like, can we just start over and put it all behind us? And I'm so sorry. And, you know, she's just decided she's going to take a few days off. And what does he say? You know, what about five days in Hawaii? They'll leave tomorrow. And Jake goes, I guess someone up there likes me. <laughs> and they start switching. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. Now, is it really unpredictable? She's been spending a lot of time thinking about daddy. Oh, God. See? Oh, how did I not notice that? (laughs) So, in the next scene, we see them. Amanda and Jake are on a plane to Hawaii. And you know that because they have flowery lays. (laughs) Is that normal? I don't know. I've never been. So, I don't. Maybe it is. I feel like it's a thing that happens in TV shows. But I don't know if it's a real life thing or not. Uh, They're sitting on the plane. And Jake's all excited. I don't know that Jake's ever flown anywhere before. So, he's having a great time. She gets up, and I never flew in this era of air travel. There's, like, a phone on the little wall, because they're, like, the last row of seats, okay? So there's the little wall in the plane behind them, and there's a phone on the wall. And so she swipes her credit card in a thing and then, like, picks up the phone to make a phone call. And Jake is immediately irritated. And he's like, you're supposed to be relaxing. We're on a trip. And she's like, I'm only going to call the office just the one time. Okay, okay. Can we jump in? Yeah. Jake is taking a free trip to Hawaii after he got fired from his job by getting Amanda's dad arrested. Daddy. Daddy. Does he have any grounds to say, hey, hey, can you not ruin my trip? That is one way to look at it. I did. I took it earnestly and I felt like he was just like, no, you're supposed to be on the trip. You're supposed to be relaxing. That's why you're on this trip. But I don't think your interpretation is unfair. Uh, Anyway, so she calls the office. And some guy we've never seen before named John, who looks like an intern, picks up the phone. And he's like, everything's fine. Allison's got everything under control. And she's totally handling the Mountain Togs account. And Amanda's like, records scratch? Say what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's got a meeting with them tomorrow. And Amanda goes, well, I didn't authorize any of this. Put her on the phone. And John can't because uh, Allison's upstairs meeting with Bruce, who we never met before either. And Amanda's like, well, fine. Tell Allison I will be in to see her tomorrow morning. And she hangs up. And Jake is like, WTF because they're literally on a plane to Hawaii and she goes vacation's over we're going home and Jake says you can't be serious and she's like I gotta go back Allison's gunning for my job and that's the last we see of Jake I think this episode uh, this whole thing made me laugh so hard it is exactly as you would predict it plays out of course Amanda's not gonna relax and go on a trip the fact that she just barged into Jake's apartment with her landlord keys after she evicted him last week. And then she wants to like literally make out with him and have sex. And he goes along with it. Because of daddy. Because of daddy. 
And then she gives him this trip to Hawaii. And of course he takes it because when else is Jake ever going to be able to afford to go to Hawaii? He's not. And they go through all the trouble of getting packed and going to the airport and having the flowers draped on them and sitting on the plane. And then like probably not even halfway through this flight to Hawaii, she makes one phone call back to the office and poof, it's over. (laughs) It's all done again. And so did they fly all the way to Hawaii and just like in the airport, get on a plane and go back? I have to assume he was back at work the next morning. And the only other thing I wondered is like, we don't see Jake again this episode from what I remember. Did Jake stay in Hawaii maybe for a day or two? I don't know. Unclear. Uh, The only thing that would have made this more on point for her character is if she had marched up to the cockpit and demanded they turn her around and take her home right now. (laughs) I like the the proto-Karen. Is she the original Karen? She might be. Oh, that's a good question. Right? Is Amanda Woodward the original character? She doesn't have the hair for it, but it was the 90s. But she does have, like, fierce business lady hair. Like, that was a haircut then. Do you know, though, I... Back then, you could have walked into the cockpit and threatened a pilot. I think she could have gotten away with it. <laughs> if anyone could have, it would have been Amanda. That's real tea. God. What oh. a f- enjoyed this because it was so ridiculous. But, but also in character for her. I mean, it wasn't like something she wouldn't do. But I just, I felt bad for Jake that he thought he was going on a trip. Yeah, it turned right back around. <laughs> I, I did feel I, bad too. Taco, like Hawaii, what is that? Like a seven-hour plane ride? Like it's a long ways. So, Mary, I, you know, I do think you have one bit of trashiness that I will have to concede here. Oh wow! In all that soliloquy, one thing. Okay. And it, that I think was not true to life, which was that they were wearing lays on the airport or in the airplane. <laughs> You know, now that I think about it, when, and granted, I have never been to Hawaii, so I don't know what happens if you fly there. But I feel like when I've seen this on, on TV shows or in movies, I feel like they get the flowers draped up when they get to Hawaii, like when they're getting off the Look, look, here's the thing. First of all, this is not what Melrose Place writers expected us to focus on. But <laughs> what I did see, they had pink lace, but so did the other passengers. Which tells me it's not just something that Jake and Amanda bought in the airport. It's something supplied by the airline. Yeah. And the airline does not care if you like Hawaii. They're not doing Hawaii's branding for them. I guess. Yeah. So Delta is not loading up Lays to kind of add to the allure of flying to Hawaii. Hawaii might, right? Their tourism board, I could see that. But uh as a standard approach, no, that's that's not how the world works. I don't know. What we need is if we have any listeners who are familiar with this uh, travel procedure to, to or from Hawaii and whether or not you get delays, please send us an email or leave us a voicemail and let us know. Because I've never been. Maybe this is normal. We don't know. MelrosePlaceCast at gmail.com. But I assure you, I assure you, if you're flying Delta, lost. <laughs> They're in a container next to that dog. <laughs> Let me be. So you transitioned so well to my final, my, or my second quote, which is Bruce telling Amanda, you're all. <laughs> it's so the American. Feeling, there were, um, again, 
For our listeners, not a recap podcast. If you thought we were going to walk you through the storyline in a logical, systematic way, I'm sorry. But here's the the pieces of the the Amanda storyline that overlapped with Allison, mm-hmm. which is. If you remember last week, Amanda got mad that Allison is back together with Billy, so she kicked Allison off of the microcomp account. Yep. Amanda comes into work to a meeting with Allison and the president of D&D Advertising, Bruce, which is not okay. And Bruce says, I understand you two have had some challenges, and Amanda lies and was like, well, that's news to me. (laughs) And Bruce overrides Amanda just like what's her face did what was her face the old one the old boss lady oh she was a bad boss. i remember that yeah Lori? no laura well no it was nothing like that but whoever she was <laughs> she got engaged yeah we went to the party on the show i don't know yeah yeah the one like lucy Lucy, see, I, I knew it started with an L. Listen, we're not, it's not a competition, but <laughs> <laughs> just like Lucy overrides Amanda and puts Allison back on the microcomp account. Amanda says she has no problem with it, but Bruce says, you need to take a couple days off and sends Amanda on her way. Allison will cover for you. Allison, who earlier this season was on the phones. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. She, I I, I don't understand, but she's on the upward, upward path. Amanda's going to be gone. It's established for two days is what Bruce sends her off. Now she extended it with the trip, but Allison comes home and is telling Billy all excited. And she decides she's going to take advantage of it. Since Amanda's gone, why not pitch new things to clients in two days? (laughs) Yeah. No, no, this is this is not, not real. Anyway, <laughs> Allison does get to pitch some things to Mountain Clog or whatever, and Amanda comes back just in time for it and confronts Allison after the client leaves and is like, you're poaching, Allison, and poachers get shot. <laughs> Which is a bit of Americana in and of itself because you know about the drama with the, the Piano Teachers Association of America. Um, I, I don't think I do. No. Oh, that, that vicious cartel. Oh. You haven't heard of this? I, I don't think so. Piano teachers have a professional association. And in that, they used to have ethical guidelines where they would say, one piano teacher will not steal a student from another piano teacher. Oh, okay. So, you know, so that you couldn't be like, oh, the, the piano... Gertrude down the block is giving you lessons for twenty dollars. I'll give you lessons for eighteen. Didn't want to do that because it's a downward cycle, right? Oh, oh, sure, okay. Yeah, no. The United States Department of Justice was not going to tolerate that price fixing bullshit, and they shut that down. They <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> and now piano teachers can steal from each other because now they can poach. And the only thing, the only thing holding them together is the fact that poachers get shot. Oh. <laughs> but Bruce sends Amanda, sends Amanda away. You're overworked and overstressed. And she, Bruce gives the microtop or mountaintop client to Allison as well. And Amanda is fuming. 
Allison has to go into Amanda's office to get her files on the client. <laughs> and Amanda won't even look at her and just says, no, not a chance. And <laughs> Allison says so she's going to need them. And Amanda says, you're going to have to speak to my assistant. He'll get what you need. But the high art point, Mary, is that you're overworked and overstressed because that is the American way. I believe that that is the only way. And in fact, operating in any other way than overworked and overstressed is seen as a sign of moral weakness because of our country's puritanical roots all the way back in the day. Go down. And that's what Bruce wanted us to think about. <laughs> wow. Well, that really took me on a journey. Thank you. I'm not totally sure where I am right now, but... Um, You're not in Hawaii. <laughs> I'm just on the plane and it's turning around. Uh, um, so the, the higher for the generations is the puritanical background of the overworked and overstressed. It's the American way. The American way. I mean, well, that's not untrue. I can't really argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know in France they have like six vacation days a week? That sounds nice, doesn't it? Why don't we go to France? Uh, we'd have to turn around to get back to work. <laughs> no, we could work remotely from France. <laughs> Those days are over. If you do that, can you get a spare room so I can come stay there? <laughs> I'll go pick up croissants. Butter-free croissants for you. And what else do they have in France? I mean, they have all kinds of great stuff. I'm sure they make something that's vegan. Jesus fucking hell, I can't believe we're still going on this conversation. Can we just stop? This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is brought to you by The Pretty Lady. (laughs) The Pretty Lady is LA's finest racing yacht. And now it's available for rent and it is perfect for all occasions, Mary. Oh, wow. Listen, you can rent the pretty lady, LA's finest racing yacht, for your wedding or your second wedding or your kid's sister wedding. <laughs> Maybe you need a racing yacht to, to finally sleep with the girl, now a woman, to sleep with the woman you've wanted to for 10 years. God, that's a long time. What? It's so long. It's so long. And it went so quick. So weddings, second weddings, kid <laughs> sister weddings, sleeping with a girl you wanted for 10 years, or even a nice chicken Kiev dinner with codfish gravy. Mm, now you're talking. The pretty lady is available for all of these things. And act now. And by now, I mean right now, before this ad is over. In fact, act before I tell you the benefit of acting now. That's how you're going to get it. And you will get a free overnight stay with anyone from that from your high school graduating class wow right there on the pretty lady (laughs) so wow you want to get in the pretty lady wink wink you didn't laugh at that joke oh i (laughs) i was laughing with my eyes (laughs) so if you want to get in the pretty lady act now make your reservation Okay. For whatever event you need on The Pretty Lady. And again, you can get a free overnight stay with anyone from your graduating class in high school. Oh, wow. What a what an option. Mary, who would you take? I'd, I'd have to give that some thought. I don't really remember who was in my graduating class. 
I would need to get out my yearbook. What about that bitch who said your ACT score was too high? <laughs> I don't know that I'd want to spend the night with her in that way. <laughs> oh, I did. Oh, Mary. I don't know what type of business you think we're running. We are available <laughs> for weddings, second weddings, kid sister weddings, or to sleep with your long lost love. Okay. So it's not, it's not that this, this isn't a sex house, Mary. Oh, okay. It's good you clarified that because it kind of sounded like maybe it was. No, just what? Okay, I, I hear it now that you say it. <laughs> um, are there other kinds? Like, let's say I wanted to have a retirement party on the pretty lady. Would that be appropriate? Oh my gosh, would it be the best one ever? So we're gonna have a nice um, ramp approach, right? So we'll we'll kind of wheel up a ramp so your retired guests can make it in. Oh, good, because it's hard to get on boats sometimes, even for the young. Absolutely. And even harder to get out when your boyfriend, who clearly broke into this boat illegally, is trying to drag you back on the boat. <laughs> like, it was clear that we stole this boat, right? It seemed that way, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it seemed, it seemed pretty clear to me. So, anyway, yeah, we also serve pudding for your retired guests. Oh, my God, I love pudding. I'm not even joking. Yep, and soup that is not too hot. No, sometimes soup is way too hot and it ruins it. Not on the pretty lady. Oh my God. It, does the pretty lady have like a usual caterer that they work with or are they open to, can they make any suggestions? You know, we are in need of suggestions. We had an exclusive deal with Kimberly's Kitchen Creations, Creations with a C, uh, but that has fallen it, apart on us. Oh, I've heard, yeah, I could see how that might happen right now with that organization. Um well, wow. I just think this is a great opportunity. It's my mind is spinning. I'm trying to think of who I would visit with, with for my high school graduating class. I'd have to give that some more thought. Uh, but I love the idea of having a retirement party there, especially the pudding. This, yeah. And the pudding, chocolate or vanilla, but not both. Can you mix them together yourself in a bowl on the side? No, we're only going to provide one. I don't know that I like this segregated pudding situation. Jesus. Listen, if your guests, I can't, I can't go there. No. Yep. Fine. We'll give you both puddings. Yay. America. America. Uh, but you're also going to have to have popcorn and it's going to get stuck in your teeth. It's going to be a whole thing. You just, you'd probably prefer to just not do it. Is the popcorn in the pudding or are they separate? It's in the pudding. It's popcorn flavored pudding in actuality. Oh, this is becoming less appealing. <laughs> Listen, people love popcorn. They do. They do. Yeah. And they love pudding. So why not put them together? Why not be putting them together? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> On the pretty lady. The pretty lady. LA's finest racing yacht. Wow. It's racing into your heart and it will race up your blood pressure when you get all that salt from the popcorn in your system. Good morning, America and Americans. We are back for the second half of season two, episode 17. Mary, we are more than halfway through season two. God, that's hard to believe. How many more are in this season? I don't know why it's hard to believe. All evidence points to that. There's 32 episodes in season two. You like evidence and I just, I go by my feelings, you know? Okay, well, I hope you feel that this episode was titled Michael's Game, which was actually a fitting title it was for once some of these titles don't make any goddamn sense but this one does peanut butter and jalapenos mm. 
No, thank you. That's what the, or peanut butter and jealousy it was called, actually. <laughs> it only makes slightly more sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mary, would you like to kick off this raucous debate? Oh, God, I'm buckled up and ready to go, much like a person on a plane to Hawaii. Wait, are you driving? No. Oh, God, no. What are you buckled into? For the, for the wild ride. Oh, a metaphorical buckle. I see. Oh, God, I did get an English degree. Jesus. Uh, anyway, yeah, sure, I'm ready. Uh, I called this one Michael Proust. Hey, anyone can slip up, especially if you surround him with hookers. <laughs> uh, so, there's a lot going on. We're, I'm just going to cut to the part I want to talk about. Uh, Jane gets home at one point during this episode. She finds a manila envelope leaning up against her door, like you do. And uh, she opens it, and there's a videotape inside, like a VHS tape. And there's a typewritten note that says, something you'll be interested in seeing. Uh, this already is very soap opera. I could just stop here, but I will keep going. I also love the detail that the note was typewritten because that's like something my dad would make me do his printer for him. Uh, anyway, Jane looks confused. Uh, she takes the tape. She walks over and puts it in the VCR because it's the night. And right as she's about to hit the play button, there's a knock at her door and it's Robert because he's back from San Diego and she lets him in. And they start making out. Uh, he asks if Michael is there, but she says, no, he's not. Uh, I told him you were getting back today. So he's probably giving us space. Plus, she thinks Robert makes Michael nervous. Uh, and Robert's like, well, good. And I want Michael out of here tomorrow. And Jane's like, whatever you say. And they make out. We cut back later. And they're in bed after doing it. And she's asking about his trip. And he's like, oh, I just worked from the San Diego office. I just, you know, I hate getting shuffled down there. I'm not going to do it anymore. And they start making out again. And she's going to go get him some water from the kitchen. So she's in the kitchen. She's getting water. She's and she sees that note that was in with the end of the videotape and she goes over and she hits the play button on the remote and we see jane watching the tv and there's moaning sounds and then we see the tv and there's shots and there's two people and they're doing it but you can't see their faces right away and there's a cut and there's a close-up on jane's face and she looks like confused and titillated and then we cut back to the tv screen and we see diane the lady who Robert was with move. And then you can see Robert's face clear as day as they're rolling around. And we cut to Jane slamming open the bedroom door and she tells him to get out. And Robert's startled. He's like, what? I don't understand. And she goes, what were you really doing in San Diego, Robert? Legal work or making tapes for the Playboy channel? Which is very 90s. I don't know if they still have a TV channel. Robert is very confused. What are you talking about? And she's like, well, come look for yourself. And she leads him into the living room and the tape is still playing. And he's shocked. And he's like, He's like, I, you just don't understand. And she says, well, try to explain it to me. He says it's an old video of him with his old girlfriend. But she says... A, a realistic excuse, by the way. I guess. But I, there's clearly, as she points out, a date and timestamp on the screen from the oh. day before. And so he says someone's trying to set him up. And she says, you're on the screen with another woman. Like, it doesn't really matter at this point. And he's like, but I love you. And she slaps him in the face and says, yeah, right, you do. And he says, give me the tape. And she says, no. She says, I want something to remember you by. And she gathers up his clothes and throws them out in the courtyard. And he follows them out. She slams the door at him. And then we cut up to Michael watching from Sydney's window. And as Robert is Robert trying to gather up his clothes and run away, Michael is smiling his evil grin. Uh, the next morning, Michael is back home there with Jane. He's putting breakfast on the table. She comes out and she goes, you sent me the tape, didn't you? And he plays real dumb and he goes, excuse me? 
And she's like, I know it was you. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. So she talks about the tape. He, she says, someone anonymously sent me this tape. And Michael does his best to look shocked. And he's like, Robert, Prince Charming? I don't believe it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Jane starts crying and she's staring at him. And he's like, oh, Jane, you know, you've convinced me of a lot of crazy things. And I'll admit, I've even been guilty of some of them. <laughs> How could you make me responsible for Robert having an affair? And taping it on video and mailing it to you anonymously. And Jane's crying. I don't know, but someone did. And then he says, yeah, someone's trying to nail Robert. And he says, you know, he's a divorce lawyer and a damned good one. <laughs> I should know. Brilliant gaslighting by Michael Mancini. And he says, you know, there's he's probably got a lot of disgruntled husbands and wives out there who aren't happy with him. And Jane's like, well, you know, yeah, he does share that. Michael plays it as smooth as can be. He's sitting there drinking his orange juice. And he's like, you know, Jane, maybe you're being too hard on Robert. Because all this does is prove that anyone can slip. Yeah. There Later. it is. There it is. That's the <laughs> idea he wanted to put in her mind. God, he's good. Later that night, uh, Michael has made dinner. And he's lighting candles on the table when she gets home. And she's like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, I just made dinner. And she's trying to kind of push him away and be like, don't do that. And you know, he says, you know, sometimes it just takes a brush with death to get your priorities in order. And if that's what it took, it was worth every bit of pain I've had to endure. And she's that like, motherfucker, <laughs> that made me so angry. <laughs> he says, Jane, can we just put the past behind us like like some bad dream? I love you, Jane. I never stop loving you. Please believe me. And they stare into each other's eyes and they hug and the camera pulls outside the window and we see Sydney is watching and she is not happy. Ooh. Dr. Sydney Andrews. <laughs> I just called this Mancini strikes again. Uh, all four of these characters in this little plot are behaving exactly as you would expect. Jane immediately shifts into her woman scorned thing, but then she also immediately falls for Michael's gaslighting again. Robert legitimately screwed up by having sex with someone else even if he was tempted into doing it but then he also tries to lawyer his way out of it by like trying to take the tape and also like that's not me that's an old tape uh michael is just he's a master manipulator he knows exactly which buttons to push on every single other person to get them exactly where he wants them and sydney is so infatuated with michael that she does whatever he wants up until the moment she realizes that oh she's not actually getting what she wants and then she gets mad I said, watch out for scoring redheads, Michael. Watch out. Okay, do you think Jane should have had to give the tape back to no. Robert? No. What? It's not his tape. It was a pornographic video of him taken without his consent. But this is a soap opera. Mary. <laughs> she should have given it to him. I don't know. Maybe nowadays, but in the 90s, no. It was the... Listen... There was there was an element of this though that was high art for the because oh. while this was happening, first of all, Michael, excellent gaslighter. He is so good at this. He just knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has a confrontation with Robert. Robert busts into Michael's physical therapy, which I guess it makes sense that he would know when it is. Jane would have known, right? I guess, but still. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah. So Robert busts into Michael's physical therapy because we needed the confrontation with Robert, but we also needed to say like, oh, we're done with this wheelchair. Now let's make that make sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. So great. Michael's not paralyzed anymore. And nobody ever thought he was. <laughs> but uh, Robert is confronting Michael because he knows Michael had something to do with this. And Michael isn't really hiding the fact that he did. Um, and in fact, kind of gives the game away to Robert in a way that Robert won't be able to tell Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because Robert, I, I forget what he said that, that made Michael say it. Uh, other than that, but Michael responded by saying plainly, the difference between me and you, Robert, is I cheat with doctors, not with whores. And <laughs> I thought that was um, very telling of how standard American males might perceive this situation, that the person you were cheating with would make a difference. Like, you know, like everybody gets a hall pass when they get married, I think, I hope. But the... Um... Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You know the concept of the hall pass, right? Like, oh okay, yeah, yes, yeah. We're we're totally in. We're, we're it's just you and I. But look, if Lyle Lovett were to come by, I would understand. You bring up Lyle Lovett a lot. Everybody gets a hall pass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think the point Michael was making seemed to suggest that who he cheated on Jane with made a difference in whether how appropriate it was or was not and yeah you know doctors not whores i i don't know that that is quite the point but i i do think what michael was suggesting is what a lot of people would say is that because the woman robert slept with was a prostitute although of course robert didn't know that um because that might put jane at more risk herself that that makes it a worse situation Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's a whole stigma of being with someone who's a, like a sex worker versus yeah, not. yeah, sure, yeah. But I think that's wrong because I think it, it that traffics in just the. Um, I actually bet sex workers who are having sex with married men are probably safer than regular. I'm sorry, than doctors who are having sex with married men because there's not an illusion of safety for sex workers. Sure. So they're, they're just always using protection. Whereas, let me tell you, when Kimberly put Michael up on that salad, I, did, I didn't see no condoms. <laughs> I, no. I don't think Dr. Shaw uses dental dams. Oh, God. <laughs> so. I mean, if you were someone who graduated from high school in 2008, how would you even know who Lyle Lovett is? I, I'm not interested in what you're insinuating here, Mary, but I also think it is important to note in the confrontation with Robert, there was yet another, a second in one episode, inappropriate rape reference. Yeah. That, that jumped out at me. And again, like, did we think rape was funny in the 90s? I don't think so. I don't know. It is odd that there's two in one episode because I don't remember it ever popping up. And not that it's like, it's not some like, it's not like a swear word or something. It's just the context in which it's being used. Yeah. Because it's being used. Yeah. I don't know. It's not being used to describe actual rape. It's being used to describe like people like, pulling things over on each other. I don't know. That That's what makes it uncomfortable. It's not that it's... It, yeah. Well, 
Yeah. Well, the two references were Amanda suggesting she was just going to let herself into Jake's apartment, even though they are not dating, not together. He has not given her permission. And she said, I was hoping to catch you in the shower and practically rape you. Yeah. Uh, So that's the first reference, uh, which not okay, Amanda Woodward. You should not be doing that. But then Michael said to Robert, he said, you're a lowlife scum. You think you could just waltz in, rape me for all I'm worth and steal my wife. And... Um, again, things were just so different in the 90s. I don't think I liked that time. No, I didn't like this either of those uses of that. Yeah, it both both were uncomfortable. Uh, in a way, I don't think they would be used now on a, like a network. Oh, no. Soap. Maybe on... I could see if it were something like edgier, like if it's something that's got more of a mature audience or something. Maybe in the context of the show. But yeah, nowadays, no, I don't think you'd hear this language. Do you know what worries me the most about it, Mary? Hmm. Is not just the like, um, uh, just the the desensitization, desensitizing is related to rape and sexual assault. But when we started this journey of rewatching all of Melrose Place, mm-hmm. which aired while I was two, <laughs> and I remember watching it. I don't, I was not expecting to feel this time capsule of like, oh my gosh, the world has moved on so much. I did not expect it to age so poorly in, in many, in many significant ways. And yeah. I don't like that because it's making me feel like I didn't graduate high school in 2008. <laughs> I can't imagine why you ever feel that way. <laughs> I want to make a disclaimer here. I mean, no disrespect to Lyle Lovett. I'm sure people who graduated in 2008 have heard of Lyle Lovett. Really? Yeah. Because he but, still, like, he was up at the, he performed at that place near here a couple summers ago. Like, he's, <laughs> oh, he's still, I, I don't know if you think you're making the point you think you are. <laughs> uh, I don't want to dogpile on Lyle Lovett. He's a perfectly nice person and a fine musician. Is he? Yeah. Uh, can you tell me one of his songs? Nope. <laughs> do you think anyone could? Yes, I do think other people could. Anyone not in the Lovett family? Yes. Okay, good. Cool. His ex-wife, Julia Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Mary, let's move on. We've really driven this one right off the road several times. <laughs> much, much like Michael after he proposes to Kimberly. Oh, kablooey. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Oh, Go I, ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, can I go with another uh, soap opera thing? Did, was there another one? Yeah. Wait, or do you, is it your time? I don't remember who talked last. Yeah, I'm transitioning to you, but I just didn't think there was anything left. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, there is. I called this one, Amanda can play dirty too, and trust her, she will. Uh, <laughs> so we've already talked a little bit about Amanda. There's the drama going on at work where Allison uh, is trying to like do a little hostile takeover of one of Amanda's accounts. Uh, she's gotten Bruce's permission. Uh Amanda gets back from her aborted trip to Hawaii and Bruce tells her, no, Allison's keeping this account because she made the client happy. That's fine. That matters. 
So like you said, Allison knocks on the door to ask for the files and Amanda just won't even look at her. She's like, talk to my assistant. <laughs> Classic Allison heavy sigh as she turns to leave. And Amanda says, this isn't very sporting of you, Allison. And Allison tries to be a badass. And she goes, well, to tell you the truth, Amanda, I am tired of playing by the rules. And Amanda replies, you better watch your step because I can play dirty too. And trust me, I will. And Allison stands in the doorway and rolls her eyes and turns and walks out. And she kind of slams the door. Amanda picks up the phone and calls Billy and says, we got to talk tonight. Yeah. We cut to shooters. This was a and- dirty turn. Dirty little scene. Uh, Amanda is sitting with Billy in a booth and he's, she says, Allison's after my job and she's taking advantage of my situation and the stuff with my dad and me being t- told to take personal time. And Billy's like, what am I supposed to do about it? And Amanda says, you know, I need you to talk her down and get her back off or quote, I'm going to start playing as dirty as she is. And the truth is, I don't want to hurt you. Yes. Billy's like, oh, what are you talking about? Because he's a moron. And Amanda says, if this keeps up, she's going to have no interest in protecting Allison's little feelings. And I'm going to tell her everything about you, me, and our little night together. Mm-hmm. Oh, Billy, Billy just stares at her with what I think is supposed to be an expression that's supposed to be discussed, but it's just Andrew Shue's face. So I don't really know. I honestly don't know what he was trying to look like. Uh, he gets up and he drops a few bucks on the table for his beer and he just says, see ya, and walks out. <laughs> <laughs> it is- do you think he was calling the bluff i think that's what it was supposed to play like but because it's andrew shoe it's like he doesn't <laughs> just happened and he's like okay gotta go boop, boop. like I'm leaving. <laughs> he did seem oddly chipper like see ya, this is fun <laughs> it was nice to see you i, I got I, I gotta go hang out with martin <laughs> we're going to the carnival tomorrow uh the next day amanda is back at her office and allison comes in to talk uh, she tells Amanda she wants to give the mountaineering thing back. Which, and, by the way, is neither of their decisions to make. Fair enough. That's a fair point. Uh, Amanda asked if Billy had talked to her. And Allison's like, well, no. Billy yeah, is- that was a moment. And Allison goes, everybody has their own way of doing business. And what I've discovered is this is not my style. And Amanda says, I didn't think it was. She says, you know, the reason I got so upset isn't because you stepped on my territory, Allison, but that for the first time I can remember, I felt really vulnerable and I needed a friend. And it hurt to see that I didn't have one here. Allison says, she's sorry. She's like, you know, sometimes it's hard to know where to draw the line. Amanda says, that's okay. She says, quote, I've always lived on the side of personal advancement, so I won't hold it against you this time. And Allison laughs awkwardly. And she tells Amanda, you know, use my ideas for the account or not. I don't care. And Amanda says, no, no, you should keep that account because I don't want to owe anybody any debts. Like, you got it, fair. You got it. It's yours now. And Allison's like, are you sure? And Amanda says, absolutely. And Allison's, you know, next time I'll be there for you, Amanda. And Amanda replies, don't worry, Allison. I think we both know where we stand with each other. Just don't blow this because I won't be there to catch you. And Allison's little smile fades and she goes, right. And she turns to leave. And Amanda watches her go like a cat watching a piece of dangling string. Holy shit. She's going to eat her alive. Uh, we closed this out later that night. Allison's Wait home. a minute. Do you think Amanda was being disingenuous? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, this is sisterhood. Oh, God. They're really looking out for each other, these two. Uh, Allison's at home later, and Billy gets home from work. She's making dinner. He starts complaining about having a long day. And Allison's like, well, I did too. And I had a really interesting heart-to-heart with Amanda. And yep. then 
he gets a little bit of a panic look on his face and he starts babbling. He's like, whatever she told you, it's not what you think. <laughs> and Allison is dumb too. And so she goes, I know. At first she tried to come off like the victim, but when I left, somehow I still felt like she had the upper hand. It's hard to know what to believe. And Billy's just like, Billy's like, Allison, you have to listen to me. Because he still thinks that Amanda has ratted him out. And Allison goes, no, Billy, I'm through listening to you. You told me to go after that account by any means possible. And I hated myself for it. So I told Amanda I was wrong and that she could have the account back, even though I basically did save it for her. <laughs> God damn it, Allison. Billy is very confused by what's going on. He's like, you did? What'd she say? And Amanda, Amanda told her that she didn't want it. And Allison, she said, she, I stole it fair and square. And she laughs. And Billy's like, that's all she said? That's it? And Allison says, yeah, yeah. She laid a guilt trip on me that I totally fell for. And Billy smiles incredulously. Allison says, I'm sorry. You know, I guess I'm not the piranha you thought I was. And Billy says, it's okay. You did the right thing. You definitely did the right thing. And I'm like, oh, Billy. Dumb, 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 Billy. Billy, Billy, Billy. Oh, TikTok, honey. You, he'd be better off just telling her what happened because Amanda's holding it over him. Holy crap. He, this scene and watching him prepared to get screamed at by Allison for what he did uh, it was just a treat. It would have been much more fun to watch if a legitimate actor were playing Billy, who could like oh, put his face. On. But it's so much fun knowing that Amanda is holding this secret over him. And I don't remember. I know it comes out, but I don't remember when. And I'm looking forward to it. There was no need for that slam on Andrew Shu. He <laughs> is a legitimate actor, technically. <laughs> I guess. I mean, he's in the credits and he's on a show. Yeah. yeah. Acting. All right. Acting. Well, Mary, did you have any highlights you would like to, to call out? I like that you're not even trying to refute my last point, but sure, I can foul some highlights. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, wait. You were saying that you're calling that trashy. I, I don't know that it's trashy, but it's certainly soap opera material. Yeah. Um, no. Because <laughs> here's the thing. That moment where Billy was about to confess was high art for the generation specifically because of the one second where he said, whatever you think, it's not true. Or whatever she said, it's not what you think. And I was like, how can you make that statement when you don't know what she said, that she may have said exactly what, what she should be thinking. But I think that preemptive denial is the way a lot of people approach situations like that. It's just like, whatever it was, uh, I don't want it to be true. So we're going to just uh, say anything is false. And you can't say that because it's a little bit, and I think this is what my world space was getting at. It's a little bit like uh, Flat Earthers. Flat Earthers, whose Twitter bio says, we have members all over the globe. <laughs> And yet, because they don't want it to be true, no matter what the evidence says, no matter what science says, no matter what we can show, do to show like, no, actually, this place is round AF, they will just say, well, no matter what you're going to say, no, it's not true. And so what Melrose Place doesn't want for us, for America, for our society, is an environment where science doesn't matter, where facts are subjective. Uh, that's a quite the yarn you've spun. That's an um, attempt, is what it is. It's certainly an attempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. Do you have any other highlights this week that you wanted to bring up? Um, I did a little bit at the very beginning with Michael and Jane. Oh yeah, um, I appreciated Michael out of nowhere called her called Jane sweetheart. 
<laughs> Dan said, don't do that. And Michael said, why? Robert's not here. <laughs> and Jane correctly said, still, it's not appropriate. I thought there might have been an inflation challenge, Mary, because I did not think paying $1,000 for a woman to, uh, to, to go find, identify, seduce throughout the whole evening and then sleep with on tape that will be sent to a girlfriend. I didn't think $1,000 was enough. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a good sense of how all that works. So maybe someone out there has a calculator we could plug these numbers into. Figure out what the going rate would be for that now. It just felt wrong. I really enjoyed the scene where Michael and Sydney were in Sydney's apartment um, waiting to see Jane's <laughs> reaction. And it wasn't coming and it wasn't coming. But that was just shot so well because, again, Sydney, she has no furniture. Oh, wait, she's got those chairs, right? Joe was going to come look at her chairs. Oh, yeah, she must have kept the chairs, I would assume. Yeah, I don't know. But it, again, it clearly is like a young kid's apartment, first apartment. Um, yeah. and, it, and Michael seems so out of place there. But it was, it was shot well. I do like that she got a new poster over the fireplace. <laughs> I didn't notice the poster. The gin blossoms, because it's the 90s. Sure. I, you know, just the, the fact that there's posters tells you all you need to know. <laughs> That's a good point. Do kids have posters now? I don't know anymore. Oh, kids. Oh, yeah, sure. Kids have posters, but adults don't. Oversex jerk-offs don't. Over the hill, oversex jerk-offs. I don't know that this was fun for you, but I used to love going to like a Walmart or a Kmart and like usually either by the book yep. department or the toys, they'd have that poster rack and you'd flip through that big thing of poster yeah. samples. And you, you would just imagine what what your green wall would look like with that new kids on the block poster on it. Oh my God. Or like that Michael Jordan poster. But they, nope, not for me, but they were five ninety five. Yeah. That was a little high. Like yeah. I'd have to give up for a few trips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Inflation. Inflation. <laughs> Did you have any highlights, Mary? I did. I specifically wrote down that she had a gin blossoms poster. <laughs> Good. Good. And whenever Sydney gets a minor upgrade to her home, it's exciting. Uh, uh, I liked that scene too because Sydney was so quick to like gloat with him that like they got the footage, they got Robert to do it, and she's like, you know, Diane didn't even have to kick him out of bed the minute they finished. He was, he couldn't wait to get the hell out of there. He felt so guilty, and they cut to footage on the TV of Robert sleeping with Diane, and Michael goes, "Yeah, guilty my ass." <laughs> it made me laugh, uh, and I loved in that scene too. As Michael is smiling at what's unfolding on the TV and that like he's going to get him, Sydney is looking at Michael and smiling because she's just so happy that he's happy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is so dark and sad. Um, <laughs> when Allison gets home after Amanda is told to take time off, she's telling Billy, you know, I was thinking I could use this as an opportunity to show the guys upstairs what I can really do. Pitch a few ideas I can't get past Amanda. And mm -hmm. Billy's like, go for it. And Allison's like, it's just so devious. I hate to take advantage of Amanda's misfortune. You can't see her face, but you know she's smiling. <laughs> like, <laughs> and sure enough, they cut back to her and she's got a big grin on her face after she says that. It was very funny. Uh, there's the scene where, oh, so Bruce is telling Amanda that, you know, it's prudent for her to take some personal days because of the daddy issues. Uh, <laughs> and You're going to need some alone time with Jake. <laughs> oh, God. And Amanda says... I'm sure Allison will do her best. I mean, what kind of catastrophe could happen in two days? 
<laughs> always makes me laugh when she's nasty about Allison. Um, oh, the scene. So Robert and Diane are at the hotel restaurant. And I just want to say Diane was actually very charming. I could see how she charms people because she was very good at what she was doing in terms of like kind of working her way in and making conversation and being interesting and intelligent. Uh, I liked how she was telling him their story and they're clearly both a little tipsy because she ordered some wine and stuff. Uh, and it, for me, it looked like Robert was having more fun with Diane than I've ever seen him have with Jane. <laughs> like, oh. Him or anyone. Oh, God, that's a good point. Oh, God. Uh, what was my, oh, the only, the, the other moment, you kind of touched on it, too. The opening scene of the episode of Michael's making breakfast for Jane, and he calls her sweetheart, and then they kind of keep talking, and he's sort of like, oh, it gives you, it's like deja vu, because, you know, we're living together again, and she's like, you got to get over it, because Robert's coming back, and he says, it feels weird being the other man. Yeah. <laughs> and Jane goes, you are not the other man. You're a house guest whose days are numbered. And Michael replies, whatever you say, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> the little shit. Oh, what a, what a... <laughs> do you think michael wants to be with jane i mean he's acting like it but i think he really i've thought about this i think he really does because he wants what he can't have like he wanted kimberly because like she was off limits because he was married and then he wanted sydney because that's jane's little sister and that's like you know weird and now he wants jane because they're divorced and she's with someone else and she's ostensibly happy so, yeah, I think he does. I don't think he wants to keep her. I think he just wants to get her. You, you know, now that I think about it, though, he he said, remember when he said to Kimberly, how do you feel about sleeping with a married man who's married and plans to stay that way? So I think he did want to stay with Jane. I just think he doesn't want to be monogamous with Jane. <laughs> and, you know, I've said this before, and I know it's a little mean. Jane is just not much fun. Like, if I were looking at a lineup of potential people and I'm comparing Jane to Kimberly to Sydney, Jane would not be my first pick. <laughs> She's just not much fun. Well, you listed three women. Would Jane be your second? <laughs> or is Maybe she dead last? Oh, she would be dead last because she's just not any fun. But she's like, got these designs. That's true. She's got those Crayola markers she's got to keep tabs on. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I know I, that spoiler alert. I mean, I we know another redhead is coming back, right? And I can't remember when that happens. I feel like it's coming soon. Um, and then it's just fun because I remember we started making jokes about redheaded plots because two redheads get together and start planning their revenge. I look forward to it. Can I tell you one last highlight? Yes, oh, of course. There is a scene where Jane is dressed like a character from The Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> it's this black and white swirly thing with a very like textile very like thick looking um uh vest or not a vest uh, an overcoat that she takes off and the black and white skirt seems to have the um, outline of village people on it not the village people the ymca but just like a scene of village people it's just like 18 different little heads bobbing around i don't know <laughs> but i was watching uh this episode in the living room now in a more public place than I normally do. And um, as everybody knows, I'm a, a firm supporter of the institution of marriage. And my fiance came in and said, what the hell is she wearing? That was it. That's <laughs> his only observation. <laughs> it's the only observation anyone ever makes. doing. Like, Also, Billy went and had lunch with Amanda at Shooters. I believe it was at Shooters where she threatened him. Yeah. 
And he later came home late at late that night. And this son of a bitch was wearing a thick felt tie. I kid you not. It was felt, Mary. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. And and they kept that on him for two scenes. Oh God. Ugh. There was a lot of I mean there's there's bad outfits every week. There was a vest Sydney was wearing at one point too. I forgot how many vests there were in the nineties. There were a lot. I think I had a couple of vests. I'm not proud. Wasn't was it Blossom that wore the vests all the time? Oh, they all did. Everybody was wearing vests. Just you just couldn't shake a stick without shaking a stick at vests. Yeah, if you walked into the JCPenney, it was just a wall of vests. Of all shapes and sizes. That's fantastic. Do you know what that implies, Mary? What? The existence at some point, knowing JCPenney's business model, that you could walk into the clearing section of JCPenney and get all the vests you could possibly handle for $4 or less. This week's episode of the Melrose Placecast is supported by the following generous sponsor. Hawaii! Why the very word conjures up visions of palm trees waves, exotic flowers, gentle breezes, pineapples, and white sand beaches. Is there anywhere that sounds even more relaxing and romantic than Hawaii? How about the plane to Hawaii? (laughs) We are thrilled to announce that Hawaii's premier airline service, Pineapple Air, is ready to launch an all-new vacation package sure to help you relax for about 14 hours. That's right. You're going to get on a plane to Hawaii. You're going to fly. And when you get to Hawaii, you're going to get right back on that same plane and fly back where you came from. You are going to save so much money and so much time. Who has time to take five days off from work to go on a trip? This way you can do it all in one day. You get all of the thrill of getting on a plane, packing, getting to the airport. You're going to get a flowery lay on both segments of your trip when you leave and when you leave Hawaii to get back. You're going to have two lays for the price of one. You're going to save all that money on hotels, rental cars, food, Mm -hmm. pineapple. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a complimentary Ziploc bag full of authentic white sand from the beach that you didn't get to go on. And then you're going to be home in time to go to work the next day. Is there a better deal out there for a round trip trip to Hawaii? We don't think so. Not here at Pineapple Air. If you log on to pineappleair.biz and enter promo code. (laughs) Yeah. Did you forget the promo code? (laughs) I didn't make it up yet. (laughs) Uh, Give me like one second. Thank you in advance for editing this. Um, I'm not. No, I'm keeping it in. Oh, no. That's going to ruin. Our sponsor is going to be upset. If you log on and enter (laughs) promo code. Do you have one yet? I do now. Promo code unpredictable you are going to get a second bonus bag of white sand in a ziploc baggie wow. your, your kids are going to be so excited when you bring them home not one but two ziploc bags full of sand from a beach you didn't go on <laughs> what a deal oh my god so that again you're going to want to go pineappleair.biz and just get that promo code in there and get your flight. Get logged. Get logged in. Ask Jeeves how to find their website. He'll help you. Get on. Okay. Down. 
questions abound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is the security situation to fly on the plane where you're not getting off of it? No, you do get off the plane in Hawaii. You oh, get, you do? Yeah, you get off of the plane and they take your luggage and they send it down to the luggage carousel. And you okay. just down, you pick it up, and then you go back and get in line and go back in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Jesus. Why did we do that? Because what if you want to buy a souvenir in the hotel gift or the airplane gift airport? You got then you have your suitcase handy so you can put souvenirs in there. Well, my first thought was maybe they should only do that around major holidays, but you don't know when someone's got a birthday, an anniversary, a bar mitzvah, like anything can be coming up and you got to be, you got to get to the airport gift shop. That's the real, that's where you're trying to go to relax when you're on your trip. It's the plane. It's the airport. That's the relaxing part. Okay. Okay. Real tea though. Can I go to a coffee shop in the airport and get pay seven dollars for a small soy latte. Oh, absolutely! They will take your money and then some. They'll take as much money as you want to give them, and that's why they have you get off the plane and get out, so that you have a chance to walk through the airport and go through security again. Wait, you, if you do buy a coffee, it needs to be smaller than whatever the current liquid restrictions are to go through security. Okay, so. I have to go back through security? Yeah, because you're going to get off the plane. Your luggage yeah. is going to get off the plane. It's going to get sent down to the carousel where everyone else who's staying in Hawaii will also pick up their luggage. And then you're going to go back and get in line and, and cash in your ticket to go home. Do you know what I'm realizing? An added benefit is I get to on <laughs> Jesus on the plane ride back. Talk to people who actually did stay in Hawaii and learn about their experience. You know, and if they're really, if you hit it off, they might be willing to send you some of the pictures they took when they were at the beach. So you, <laughs> when you work, hey, all the time on the flight. And if I get good at Photoshop, <laughs> I could just drop myself on that beach. Oh, hell yeah. You know what? Maybe that's something I'll, I'll pass that back to Pineapple Eric. Maybe in the future they can get a, a promo code for an app or something so that you can digitally add yourself to other people's vacation photos. Do you know, here's the thing in today's society, thanks to the idiots that make up Gen Z, you don't, it's not about having the experience. It's about having photos that suggest you had the experience. Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up because really that's all anybody cares about. I mean, you're going to be glad you have those Ziploc bags full of sand from the beach you didn't go to. But when you get home, you know, you're going to give them to the kids. You're going to put them up on the shelf in the bathroom because, of course, you've got like an ocean beach themed bathroom because everybody does. But those pictures are the things you're going to put on social media, not the sand. So, wait, seriously, how, how long does this show go on? How many episodes are there? <laughs> Man, I told you this, right? So it goes to season seven of the original run, but then there's the re the reboot season. So there's how many reboot seasons? Just the one so far. So far. Okay. But there's also, but then Mary, there's the, the Amazon has the true story of Melrose Place movie that we should cover. Oh God. How long? Yeah. And, and uh, Models Inc. has to be covered too. Wait, what the hell is Models Inc.? It, it's a two-season spinoff. Of what? What do they? Of, of Melrose Place from the lady from Dynasty was on it, I think. The lady from Dynasty, my God, this was like a whole industry. 
And I do think 90210, to get to understand where this show came from is probably worth exploring. I, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> and then when Allison left, she went to Allie McBeal. Does it have anything to do with the contents of Melrose Place? I just feel like, how, do you really want to be an expert in this or not? I mean, I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> okay, so we're in for all of it. Oh, God. <laughs>